I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. Greed, deception, abuse of power, that's no plan. They, they just gatekeep knowledge, you know? They're, they're to total masters of deception. They manipulate everything. You know, these, these pricks at the hell that lie to us. It's... I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. These allegations are false, and I need to go back to work for the American people. They're, they're setting it up for the great deception. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it all revolves around the great deception. Yeah, right? hey, bingo. And L.A. and I talked about that. I said, L.A., is this the great deception? And he didn't hesitate. He said, absolutely. I never used to question before, and now I question everything. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. The world needs a wake-up call. To the Great Deception Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. Thanks for joining me. Tonight, guys, this is one of those that I didn't want to do. Um, and and let me start off by I apologize for uh canceling Monday Night Master Debaters this week. Uh, I was feeling terrible um on Monday. Uh, I've been battling something since Friday, just some I got a sinus infection, some chest infection, all that fun stuff. So just been really drained slept all weekend and relaxed and so starting to feel a little bit better a week later but still not there but i figured i i was getting the itch and i wanted to get this out to you all because this is one that's kind of been eating at me while i've been sick and um you know i've been listening to a couple podcasts not as much as i used to but there's a few really good ones out there. And two of my favorites are obviously the, the Jimmy door show and uh, Dave Smith's part of the problem. Um, really good breakdown and analysis of what's going on and really the allowing you to see the inversion that's taking place right now. Um, and then, you know, on the smaller scale, you got guys like uh, Sam over at, according to Sam, who does great political work and uh my buddy andrew over at the politics and punk rock podcast and andrew just did an episode that came out either today or yesterday on uh china called china is coming and one of the clips that he used is in this 
and uh it's one of those that's you know kind of set this off and what i'm titling this episode unfortunately is the sunset of the american empire and uh and i i heard someone mention that term you know because we always hear about the death of the american empire and i don't think it's dead yet i think you know it's on its last legs and i think sunset's more proper term proper way to look at it because you know uh, the the sun inevitably sets and you can watch it and you watch it slowly disappear and we're kind of doing that right now in america and it's a lot of it self-inflicted but there are also guys a lot of outside forces that make this happen as well it's it's a well orchestrated this isn't this doesn't happen by chance and uh one of the things let me let me grab this book here one of the things that kind of sparked this is and our friend uh thank you victoria who's a loyal listener to our show dangerous world ghosts over at my third eye she's victoria's the best she's always sharing stuff and she got me back into rulers of evil the f tupper saucy book Okay, and we're going to do quite a few shows on that. But one of the things that right here in the forward, it says, nothing happens in politics by accident. If it happens, it was planned that way. And that's from Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Okay, and that's kind of what we're getting at here is nothing is an accident. This is a uh, a controlled demolition using the term of, of uh, Charlie Robinson. And and that's another show, guys. Charlie just put out um, an episode on Vault 7. And, and for those of you who aren't aware of what Vault 7 is, it was a WikiLeaks release on basically the intel agencies spying on us and letting us, you know, and, and doing it through not only your phones and your uh, computers that are hooked up to the internet, but through your smart TVs, through your smart watches, through your smart meters, through microphones that are uh, that can be enabled through your television and things like that, through remote controls, right? If you can talk to it, it has a mic in it. If that mic's in there, it can be accessed remotely. And that's what this exposed, this Vault 7. And uh, the guy that got convicted of leaking, you know, again, <laughs> leaking what the government crimes got 40 years in prison and it's just again and it's another example like julian assange where exposing the crimes is worse than the crime itself especially when it comes to our government and i love this little picture here because it really sums it up it has two clowns backed by uh a famous uh religious symbol saying vote for me um, with a, you know, decrepit city. They're on a billboard and there's a guy in some ragged clothes. Looks like he used to be a businessman and probably down on his luck and looking up at these two clowns. And then over on the left-hand side, we have the bread and circus. And uh, in the middle, we have the dancing ass and elephant, which is fitting of the, the dual party system, even though it is a uniparty system now. But tonight's uh, episode of the Sunset of American Empire, I want to just, I, I've, I've been collecting all these clips again, and I love doing these little clip shows, and I hope you enjoy them too. 
And this one right here, this is what made me think of it all. And it's the upside down flag. We're going to watch a clip right here from The Last Castle. Great movie with Robert Redford and James Gandolfini. Selected marksman open fire. Ah. Selected marksman open fire. Open fire on that man. That's an order. What are they doing? What are they doing? What are you doing? Do it now. Open fire. Do not let him desecrate that flag. Open fire on that man. What are they doing? McLaren, Nebo, with me. Nebo, stay where you are. Don't you see what he's doing? Don't you see how he's doing? Don't you see? 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 So you see, right there, colonel. the colonel representing the government, they are willing to shoot and kill you over truth, right? What was Robert Redford doing there? He was hanging the flag upside down. And what does the upside down flag mean? Well, many will tell you the upside down flag means the country is in distress. The U.S. flag code shows the use of the flag in situations of dire distress, but the intention was distress as an immediate danger to the life and limb, such as your ship is sinking uh, at sea, an SOS signal. Okay, but this is different. This is one of those where we're we're seeing what's going on, and we're seeing that the this is a controlled demolition. It's so obvious, and I mean, you look at this little block down here of Black Guard and Van Rock, uh, Black Rock and Vanguard. And, you know, these two investment firms own big pharma, big media, just about everything else you can think of, it says. They have ownership in over 1,500 American firms and control over $9 trillion in assets. The 1% owns more than 99%. 82% of all earned money in 2017 went to the 1%. So it's, it's, you know, the, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer and we'll see here in a minute, but, but watch this clip right here. I love this guy. It says uh, the elites, when too many people are becoming conscious, people are coming back to their consciousness, sir. Did you poison the food supply? Yes, sir. There's no mineral left in the soil. Are you feeding them negativity on the news? Yes, sir. War and death. Social media. Yes, sir. Gender war. Damn. Racism. It's not enough. They keep coming back. What do we do? We need to lower their immune systems. I thought we did that already with the virus, sir. 
What else can we do? More poison. We'll put more poison in the crop field. We used all the we'll poison. We'll poison the animals. The animals. And then tell them to eat the animals. This is why you're our leader, sir. Put the poison in the yeah. animals. Train doctors to not address the cause. I see where you're going. But only the, the symptom. symptom. So, so they'll, they'll get, get treated, treated forever, forever and eventually, and eventually die. die. And we still get, get the money. Sir, what about the people that have found cures for these diseases and are trying to help other people cure these we'll diseases? We'll make it punishable by law. To say you can cure disease. What about the people that know the truth about COVID? Punishable by law to spread misinformation about COVID. But sir, that's free speech. We can't pass a law we'll like that. We'll pay social media to take down people that you even say the word. Do you see this? That's it's so true, though. It's satire, but that's exactly what the FBI did with the Hunter Hunter Biden laptop story. Exactly what it's what they did with COVID. It's what they did with vaccines. It's what they did with the 2020 election. It's what they did with January 6th. When something's true, it stands up to the facts. When when you're dealing in narratives, you can't handle the fact. The facts tear apart the fabric of your story, and that's what happens. Okay, and but if you think this is something new, this is not something new. Okay, but this is an, a direct invasion, and we are being attacked on all fronts right now. And one of the major fronts goes back to 1913. Watch this. What should be the proper relationship between a chairman of the Fed and a president of the United States? Well, first of all, the Federal Reserve is an independent agency, and that means basically that uh, there is no other agency of government which can overrule actions that we take. So long as that is in place and there is no evidence that the administration or the Congress or anybody else is uh, requesting that we do things other than what we think is the appropriate thing, then what the relationships are uh, don't frankly matter. Drop your comment down below and to watch the full podcast. You see, you hear that right there. The banks, the Federal Reserve operates outside of the U.S. government. They tell the president what to do. And you still think that who we vote for matters in the end? The real controllers control the money. But what we're going to see here is there's a lot of hands in play in this demolition. And I, I love this little uh, rant by Graham, Graham Hank, or, uh, Randall Carlson. Listen to this. This is this sums up what we're doing, they're doing to us right now. The first thing they want to do is they want to seize the narrative of history. You see that over and over again, whether it's Mao or Stalin or Hitler, Pol Pot, whoever it is, you take control of the narrative of history. That's very important. And that's what they're attempting to do here. Okay, they take control of the narrative, and we'll get into it. What's the biggest threat to the World Economic Forum right now? Misinformation is what they say. Misinformation, guys. In the world where there's a gen genocide taking place, where we're, you know, there's a war technically in, in Europe right now. Um Hostilities are high around the world. Homelessness is at an all-time high. We're worried about misinformation. I should tell you something right there. 
They have to control the narrative. And I love this little tweet. Welcome to America 2024, where we give prepaid debit cards and free housing to illegal aliens, send billions to foreign countries without receiving anything in return, and allow globalist bureaucrats to dictate how we run our country. And that's exactly it. The, the globalists have taken over this country. The corporations have taken over this country. And I hate to tell you guys, they don't give a shit about us. They really don't. It's going to be a slow burn. We're useful to them in a sense, but we're not what we used to be as a nation. And you're watching them just slowly let this thing fall apart in every aspect. And the one aspect that's the craziest is the kangaroo courts, okay? And, and Biden has told us flat out what they're doing to Trump, and, and they do it, and it's a double standard, right? And we're going to see it right here. Biden's going to say that he's going to do everything in his power to stop Trump from running. And what are they doing? They're using the justice system to go against a political opponent. And Trump says it over here, that that's the shit they do in banana republics. It's a political witch hunt. But yet, the mainstream media won't say it that way. They're losing their minds right now because the Supreme Court might give him immunity from crimes that he committed while being president. Well, we could convict every president of crimes. George Bush was guilty of war crimes. Barack Obama was guilty of war crimes. I'm sure we could dig up some on Trump. Biden's certainly guilty of it. I mean, what are we talking here? So let's listen to Biden himself talk about what they're going to do when Trump runs. Um, we just have to demonstrate that he will not take power uh, by uh, if we uh, if he does run, uh, making sure he uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our Constitution does not become the next president again. Um, does that sound like a democracy to you? Free liberty? Peace, freedom. Sounds like a authoritarian, totalitarian government. We cannot let our opponent run against us. We cannot let the people have a choice. But yet, when they go to look at the, the, the Biden crime family, let's listen here. The American people do not trust the federal government. They don't trust Congress. They don't even trust current presidents because of the kind of possible and alleged corruption that we see at every level of government and no one is ever held to account. I try to call the balls and strikes regardless of whether or not you have an R or a D by your name. I've been accused, all of us have been, over this particular issue that we're conspiracy theorists. We're not. What we're proving to you today is showing you actual bank records, actual evidence of shell companies and businesses or more businesses and more Bidens involved that we knew of. You have to issue more subpoenas because every time we turn over Iraq, there's more information, there's more possible corruption, there's more possible allegations that need to be investigated. This is what we know today. Money flowed from the Chinese Communist Party, aligned with, uh, with individuals into American shell companies, and then that money was wired and transferred to Biden family members. This could be the most corrupt scheme in American politics where a sitting vice president, where we saw members of his family, nine members so far, there may be more, that were enriched from countries all over the world. And we're providing more information about Romania today. We know about China. We know that the president denied this during an election in 2020, continues to deny it to this day. And we want uh, everyone held accountable if they have, they have violated their oath of office. 
Um, we shouldn't have folks that are in office that are betraying their oath of office. We shouldn't have people in office that are betraying their country. Shouldn't have people in office that are betraying their country now, right? They, they're saying they have evidence and, and they can't even get it taken to a, a trial. Yet, Trump was convicted and forced to pay $350 million for a legal loan in which the bank itself said, we would gladly do business with him again. We made a lot of money in this deal. It was great. I'd love to work with him again. And then they banned Trump from New York for three years. Do you guys see what's going on? They're trying to bankrupt him and his family. So he cannot run. This is not shit that happens in a democratic republic. Constitutional republic. This happens in puppet lands. This is gross. When I used to hear people say things like, we're in a battle of good versus evil, I used to think it was crazy talk. Now, this guy's on the money. All of this fake social justice, pro this, pro that, it's all deception from the devil. Now, do we have problems? Of course. People are sinners. Always has been, always will be. So there's no denial that people are problem. We know that already. But I'm telling you where the enemy is, is the deception of all these movements. There's one minute, it's the cultural feminist movement. Then it's the Me Too movement. Then it's Black Lives Matter. Now it's pro-Palestinian. It is, and it's every, it shifts. Every, every six months, is going to be something new. And, and everybody's and kids on the college campus is mad, upset. Everybody's protesting. Everybody's fighting. And the enemy is using all of them to weaken our nation. He's a deceiver. And my encouragement. See, he's a deceiver. That's what they're doing. They're deceiving. They're magicians. They're, they're, they're performing spells. And we just sit here and watch it. And so many people will refuse to recognize it and refuse to believe what's going on because they get emotionally wrapped up and they believe that their feelings are more important than facts. These things are obvious, right? I, I don't run around saying, you know, I'm smarter than everybody when it comes to politics or I'm even smart. The whole point of this show is that you don't have to be smart to see what's fucking wrong with our system. That's how messed up it is. That if a guy like me can see through this, I know that they see through this and that this is professional wrestling because they're all being paid by the same guy. That's the whole point of this show. And that the problem in this country isn't donald trump he is a symptom of the problem the problem is the corporate capture of both our political parties uniparty right jimmy nails it right there the corporate takeover of america our politicians are bought and sold we are controlled as they said before by federal reserve banks all right now let's listen to uh, Professor Michael Perenni talk about U.S. imperialism. How else do you explain U.S. interventionism throughout the world? What are the alternative explanations? That the United States has gone in to defend democracy? Well, that can't be because we supported dictatorships in most of these countries. We supported a fascist Somoza in Nicaragua, a fascist Batista in Cuba, 
again and again, country after country, we didn't support democracy, we support fascism. And in fact, we've overthrown democracies. We overthrew democracy uh, in Guatemala when Arbenz came into power. We overthrew democracy in Brazil when Goulart came into power. In each one of those countries, different leaders, different countries, different histories, different languages, different cultures, but they all had one thing in common. They were beginning to use the political system to tamper with and change the economic and class structure. What Allende was doing in Chile, very democratically, was redistributing some of the gross national income from those who made money from dividends and interest and commissions and rents to those who made money from wages and salaries. Unemployment went down in Chile. Inflation was going down. The rate of inflation was going down. Buying power was increasing for the ordinary people. Popular consumption was increasing. The level of living was bettering in a modest way for the people. Every child in Chile was getting a half a liter of milk under the Allende regime. And when the fascist Pinochet came in, that was one of the first programs he abolished. Yep. And who, put, who helped Pinochet get into power? None other than your Central Intelligence Agency. All right. So this is nothing new, guys. And, you know, Paul Harvey kind of looks like a soothsayer nowadays. And we're going to listen to it one more time. It's Paul Harvey's If I Were the Devil from 1965. Tell me this isn't what's going on in this country right now and what is tearing it apart. Think about it. Listen. If I were the devil if I were the devil if I were the prince of darkness I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree the so I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington, and then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing, I'd have judges promoting pornography, Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money 
If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Wow. That's insane. You look at that. What did he talk about? The churches. Bingo. Education. Boom. Television. Boom. Drugs. Alcohol. Pills. Boom. Break up the family. Media to flame the emotions. School. Make it based on emotions. Prisons. Porn. Deify science. Take from those who have and give it to those who want. Promote gambling. Um, be against patriotism. Against marriage. Show TV is the way to live. Disease. Cause disease and keep people in an endless sick cycle. And that's what we're living in, guys. That's it. He described it in 1965. He didn't just create this. He did. This was a plan. This is a plan that's been taking place for a long time. We got to live through some of the glory years before we saw the real downfall. But if you look at the last, I don't know. I mean, the you can look at the last 20 years is 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 a real good marker. Uh, I mean, 9-11 is probably a, a good starting point, but it happened before then. And let's listen to, to good old Poppy Bush on 9-11-1990. Is more than one small country. It is a big idea, a new world order, where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind, peace and security, freedom, and the rule of law. Peace, security, freedom, and the rule of law. Do we have any of those right now? None. None. This is what the globalists want. How are, how are we going to get all that stuff if we don't have it now? They'll save us, right? They're going to bring in the new era. The Great Reset. I, I we got to fight this. And, and, and this is the kind of shit that shows that we're just, it's a, it's, it's a big show. The day before 9-11, September 10th, 2001. Listen to this. We are, as they say, uh, tangled in our anchor chain. Our financial systems are decades old. 
According to some estimates, we cannot track $2.3 trillion in transactions. We cannot share information from floor to floor in this building because it's stored on dozens of different technological systems that are inaccessible or incompatible. We maintain 20 to 25 percent more base infrastructure than we need to support our forces at an annual waste to taxpayers of some three to four billion dollars. Waste of three to four billion of our dollars, right? They lost another two. The next day, 9-11 happens and blows up the, the couple financial records areas and some buildings. Very interesting. Where it hit the Pentagon, very interesting. Triggering global war for the next 20 years against Muslims. Very interesting. Well, some things haven't changed. And, and one of the things that haven't and one of the things that's gotten even worse is the increase of politicians trading with companies. And there's direct conflicts. And look at all this li list of people. And for those listening, I apologize, but the video is on Spotify. So if you can check it out and, and watch this, uh, you know, this is the list of politicians and their connections to corporations. It's a damn shame what the world's gotten to. Most prolific stock trader in the world right there. Amazing. And all this time, we're supporting terrorists in Syria. We're supporting ISIS. Right? And, you know, we're going through this nonsense in Ukraine, and we'll get to that in a minute. But George Bush comes out with this nonsense here after 9-11, his access of evil. Listen to this we shit. we know their true nature. North Korea is a regime arming with missiles and weapons of mass destruction while starving its citizens. Iran aggressively pursues these weapons and exports terror, while an unelected few repress the Iranian people's hope for freedom. Iraq continues to flaunt its hostility toward America and to support terror. The Iraqi regime has plotted to develop anthrax and nerve gas and nuclear weapons for over a decade. This is a regime that has already used poison gas to murder thousands of its own citizens, leaving the bodies of mothers huddled over their dead children. This is a regime that agreed to international inspections, then kicked out the inspectors. This is a regime that has something to hide 
from the civilized world. States like these and their terrorist allies constitute an axis of evil arming to threaten the peace of the world. By seeking weapons of mass destruction, these regimes pose a grave and growing danger. They could provide these arms to terrorists, giving them the means to match their hatred. They could attack our allies or attempt to blackmail the United States. In any of these cases, the price of indifference would be catastrophic. We will work closely with our coalition to deny terrorists and their state sponsors the materials, technology, and expertise to make and deliver weapons of mass destruction. We will develop and deploy effective missile defenses to protect America and our allies from sudden attack. All that he said there is we're going to send billions to the, if not trillions, to the and military industrial complex. And all nations should know America will do what is necessary to ensure our nation's security. We'll be deliberate, yet time is not on our side. I will not wait on events while dangers gather. I will not stand by as peril draws closer and closer. The United States of America will not permit the world's most dangerous regimes to threaten us with the world's most destructive weapons. You know who the most dangerous threat to America is? It's America. It's the deep state, the parasites. Because right along with this speech, we have General Wesley Clark coming out and saying this in 2001. Right after 9-11, about 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and, and Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz. I went downstairs just to say hello to some of the people on the joint staff who had used, used to work for me. And one of the generals called me in. He said, sir, you got to come in. You got to come in and talk to me a second. We've made the decision we're going to war with Iraq. This was on or about the 20th of September. Why? He said, I don't know. <laughs> Like, we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military and we can take down governments. And um, he said, I guess if, if the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem has to look like a nail. And by that time, we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. This is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. Believe that? Seven nations we were going to take out. Now, what did we do? <laughs> Afghan, yep. Libya, yep. Gaddafi, we did in. Syria, we tried. Putin helped him keep Assad in power. Otherwise, they would have ran them over. Iraq, yep. And then we look at Yemen. We look at Venezuela, Somalia. Yep, all of them. Now, this is the video that kind of scared me into... Not scared me, but you know, really opened my eyes as to what's going on right now. About to get serious. We are about to see some serious stuff hit the fan. If you're in the 1%, then you're probably going to be fine. You're about to probably make a lot more money. But if you're like me, then you should be very worried about what's coming, guys. I think people are missing a major piece of this, the China part of this development, which we now have our clearest sign yet that the United States dollar is in real trouble. We're going to show you what China has been doing that has me very worried. 
and what the United States is lying about, quite frankly. Oh, rates are coming down? Uh, nothing to worry about. Oh, really? So we'll get to that in a second. But first, I want to be very clear. The U.S. dollar is not going to collapse overnight. Large structures don't just suddenly collapse. Cracks and fissures, along with a controlled demolition, bring down large structures. And in this metaphor, the large structure is the U.S. economy. The U.S. dollar will cease to exist as we know it and will become a digital dollar controlled by Wall Street instead of the U.S. Treasury. And as Putin said last week in his interview with Tucker Carlson, the U.S. is destroying the dollar with its own hands, he said. He's spot on correct about this. Look at what is going on in the world. Even the United States allies are now downsizing their dollar reserves. Seeing this, everyone starts looking for ways to protect themselves. I think it is complete foolishness from the point of view of the interests of the United States itself and its taxpayers, as it damages the U.S. economy, undermines the power of the United States across the world. Do you even realize what is going on or not? Does anyone in the United States... Does anyone in the United States realize what's going on? We're being pushed to a central bank digital currency, which, if you go back a couple shows ago and look at that show that I did, that's the tiptoe to tyranny. Once we get on that central bank digital currency, it's going to get ugly. You want to see control? Yeah. Social credit scores? Mm. Yeah. Big Brother, it's going to be 1984 all over. And Dave Smith makes a good point here. He says, are we even still a nation? And, you know, that's what I'm debating here because we're in the sunset, as I said, or I believe. I don't think the United States of America is a nation today, at least from like, say, the end of World War II up until somewhere around 2012, we Obama. were a nation. We kind of watched the same shows, we listened to the same music, we had at least, we thought, the same fundamental, like, beliefs. And that's drastically changed. We're living in different worlds, in different realities. There's been lots of uh, countries throughout history where the borders are redrawn based off a of war and it doesn't really f fit together. You got these like different ethnic groups and different religious, uh, you know, groups and they don't not, like identify with each other as one group. I think we're, that's where America's at. We're really not a nation anymore. Like if you think about, say, like where me and you are versus where like a progressive in San Francisco is. And you just started talking to them about different worlds, right? Two totally different worlds. And the fact that if you even talk about America first, you're considered, you know, a bigot or a racist or any of that. When you want to try and put your country first for your family, for your child's future. And Vivek kind of nails it right here. What, what does America first really mean? What do these words mean? America first. What does that mean? I think about America first as a, as a libertarian nationalist movement. That's the way I would describe it. Founded on two principles. The first is that the people who we elect to run the government ought to be the ones who actually run the government. And the second is that those people who we do elect to run the government, they owe one moral duty. And it is to the citizens of this country, not another one.
The idea of putting your own country first, that should just be a given. Like, obviously, it should be a given that the people who are elected by Americans, their first obligation is to Americans. I mean, look, it was John Adams who said, and I'll butcher this a little bit, but it's one of the greatest quotes of all time, where he said, if we go around the world looking for monsters to destroy, we will become the dictatrice of the world, but we will lose control of our own soul. Dave, I might just say to that one principle, we the people create a government that's accountable to us, not the other way around. And to me, that's America first. Yeah, I think, well, I think that's right. And I think that it's, it's, that is the America. They have to be accountable to us, right? That's the only way. And how do you do that? We have to get rid of the corporate lobbying. We have to put term limits in. We have to make these people accountable to us again. They, they look down on us. They hate us. We annoy them. We are useless eaters in many cases. And what we're going to see right now, we're going to get into the misinformation point of this, okay? And and this is one of the things that scares them the most is the truth coming out. The curtain being pulled back. Listen to Jimmy here. And so what people also don't realize is how we're controlled, right? So the media, you're not going to get the truth about anything medical through the corporate media because it's owned by the people who want to sell you something, right? So, But also on YouTube, I'm not allowed to go against what the WHO says. And what that means is Bill Gates is controlling what I'm saying. What do you mean, Jimmy? Well, the former head of the WHO, they run on donations, right? They're They're an unelected body. And they run on donations, mostly from billionaires like Bill Gates. And the former head of the WHO said, we have to go around the country with our hat in hand. That was the term she used and said, when the people uh, give us money, donate to our organization, we have to do what they say. Mm-hmm. And so the number one funder of the WHO turns out to be Bill Gates through the Bill Gates, Melinda and Gates Foundation and uh, Gavi, which is another pro-vaccine NGO that he set up to push vaccines. There you go. Right. So we're not controlled by our government. And supposedly we're going to sign that pact with 179 other nations where in the event of a pandemic, our rights are thrown out and the world health organization takes over get the fuck out of here nonsense so here's a nice a good tweet by dave hurt and it says if i wanted to control a population i'd one convince them it's commendable to be fat and weak sounds familiar two convince them to give up their right to bear arms heavy push right now three convince them to hate one another based on immutable characteristics shocker four Convince them I'm the only one who can keep them safe from externalities like disease, right? That's what they did in 2020. Five, convince them that meritocracy is unfair and hard work shouldn't be glorified. Then I do whatever I wanted, right? That that goes right along with what Paul Harvey was saying. Now let's listen to the big parasite, Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum, tell us what the biggest threat to the system is right now. So the World Economic Forum is having their yearly summit. They were very consistent about what the biggest threat in the world is. Misinformation. What they're saying is that the biggest threat is that people are allowed to challenge the propaganda. And they're right about that. But that should be kind of encouraging to us. 
these guys recognize that we might win. They're saying we have this real problem of misinformation. They're saying, essentially, this is a threat to our ability to enact the plans we want to enact that people are allowed to destroy our propaganda. Now, it's a little bit troubling because you're like, what are they going to do to crack down on it? But for the time being, we still have voices. They know that if enough people wake up, they are screwed. And so that's what we just got to keep doing. We got to keep doing the thing that they see as the biggest threat. Just keep talking. And that's why I do this little show every once in a while is to keep people thinking. Keep bringing these things up to people's attention because you can't let it slip. We can't become complacent. And what are they going to do? Well, let's look right here. This guy explains to us what Instagram's getting ready to do. Instagram's owner just announced that they are going to start essentially shadow banning accounts that deal with political and social issues. One of the greatest weapons authoritarians have against democracy isn't propaganda, isn't fear, it's apathy. And policies like this trying to create an apolitical world in a world that is truly political only seeks to serve authoritarian movements that are actually rising in Western democracies today. I was quoted in the Washington Post saying just that. So the best way to combat this right now is to follow accounts like ours. And then two, tell all of your followers to do the same thing because in a few weeks, Instagram is going to disappear us. So I'm gonna end with this. Edmund Burke uh, is quite often misattributed with this quote, but I think it's apropos. The only thing necessary for evil to triumph in the world is that good men do nothing. Instagram has instituted a policy that might create a world that does just that. And that, that's what we have to fight against, right? And if Instagram does it, then we have to move elsewhere. And eventually, you know, it has to be touching those around you. You know, you got to get off the social media. And eventually when this whole thing tumbles, we're going to have to relook at how we communicate and how we do things because this way is not working. We have supposedly the most advanced technology in the world and people, humanity is at an all time low. All right, let's look at uh, the Isabel Brown. She does a great job over on Instagram. She's going to break it down, this misinformation. World Economic Forum is holding their annual conference in Davos, Switzerland, where this year they are labeling misinformation to be the greatest threat to the world. That's not sus at all. The World Economic Forum is officially predicting that misinformation and disinformation will be the greatest global risk over the next two years, and specifically noted that over 3 billion people are voting in national elections across the world this year, warning that, quote, the widespread use of misinformation and disinformation and the tools to disseminate it, i.e. social media and independent content creation, may undermine the legitimacy of newly elected governments, and that resulting unrest could range from violent protests and hate crimes to civil confrontation and terrorism. Seems a little bit odd to me that we are predicting people are going to not trust the legitimacy of any newly elected government. People are thinking that maybe this might be a form of predictive programming for mass civil unrest around the world this year. I don't even know that we could come up with a coherent definition for misinformation because depending on who you ask, they're going to give you opposite answers. So in the era of 
of misinformation, which totally does exist, by the way, although probably not in the places that you are expecting it to. Shouldn't we be on the side of more information? More information. Absolutely. More. And you should be able to sit there and sift through it and decipher what is real and what is nonsense. Not, this is the truth, take it and suck on the tea of the government. Because listen to this dipshit from Canada. He's, he's you know, our neighbor up north and part of this globalist agenda. Listen to his attack on the mainstream, poor mainstream media. We should rely on them and them alone. There is out there a deliberate undermining of mainstream media. There are the conspiracy theorists, there are the social media drivers who uh, are trying to do everything they can to keep people in their little filter bubbles, to prevent people from actually agreeing on a common set of facts the way, you know, the CBC and CTV, when they were our only sources of news, you know, used to, used to, and global, used to project across the country, at least a common understanding of things. A common understanding of things. It's called propaganda. Groupthink. You see where they want you to go? So what do they do? They, they hire these companies to censor us. Like, look into this ad fontes, okay? It's the left's new weapon used to silence conservative speech. And well, ad fontes is the left's newest weapon to silence and harm conservatives while championing and promoting the left's narrative. Uh, there are other kind of media outlets or media rating firms that do this, but this is the catalytic effort to, to crush us. And publicly, what do they purport to do? What are, the, what, are they, what are they saying they are? Well, they say that they rate media outlets and media personalities and programs and podcasts uh, along two different measures. One, reliability, and the other, the bias, the political bias, left versus right. Uh, and they claim to be, you know, scientific and to be, to try to be as objective as possible in doing this. But in, of course, our, our analysts have figured out that nothing could be further from the truth. They, they, they produce data on their website about the conclusions that they, they, uh, uh, they get to. But yeah, I, was, I was thinking about how uh, I learned math in fifth grade. You had to show your work. You couldn't just give a number. They don't show their work. They just give the number. You know, they, they, you know, they rate Newsbusters here at MRC. They rate CNS News here at MRC. They rate the Newsbusters podcast here at MRC. And they do that by, by scoring. Oh, but are, are, we, are, we, are we accurate? Are we reliable? According to me or according to? According to them. No, of course. According to them, we're abysmal. We are unreliable. Given, okay. For the record, in 35 years, there's not one single study out of hundreds that we've done that's ever been demonstrated to not be reliable so just put that on record and and that just shows you right 35 years worth of, of of work and and they're deemed unreliable it's just nonsense now let's look at this the u.s and uk military contractors using psychological operations and dif disinformation tactics against its own people but the existence of a censorship industrial complex a network of government agencies, including the Department of Homeland Security, government contractors, and big tech media platforms that conspired to censor ordinary Americans and elected officials alike for holding disfavored views. I regret to inform the subcommittee today that the scope, power, and lawbreaking of the censorship industrial complex 
are even worse than we had realized back in March. Two days ago, my colleagues and I published the first batch of internal files from the Cyber Threat Intelligence League, which show U.S. and U.K. military contractors working in 2019 and 2020 to both censor and turn sophisticated psychological operations and disinformation tactics developed abroad against the American people. Many insist that all that we identified in the Twitter files, the Facebook files, and the CTI files were legal activities by social media platforms to take down content that violated the terms of service. Facebook, X, formerly Twitter, and other big tech companies are privately owned, people point out, and free to censor content. And government officials are free to point out wrong information, they argue. But the First Amendment prohibits the government from abridging freedom of speech. The Supreme Court has ruled that the government may not induce, encourage, or promote private persons to accomplish what is constitutionally forbidden to accomplish. And there's now a large body of evidence proving that the government did precisely that. The government did precisely that. I mean, guys, this is what's going on right now. We live in a banana republic. It's one-sided. And the hypocrisy is never-ending. Let's listen to, to Hillary talk about MAGA and how they must be deprogrammed. Very strong partisans in both parties in the past. Uh, and we had very bitter battles over all kinds of things, gun control and climate change and the economy and taxes. But there wasn't this little tail of extremism waving, you know, uh, her, her, very strong right, partisans in both parties in the past. Uh, and we had very bitter battles over all kinds of things, gun control and climate change and the economy and taxes. But there wasn't this little tail of extremism waving, you know, wagging the dog of the uh, Republican Party as it is today. Mm -hmm. And sadly, so many of those extremists, those mega extremists, um, take their marching orders from Donald Trump, who has no credibility left by any measure. He's only in it for himself. He's now defending himself in civil actions and criminal actions. And when do they break with him? You know, because at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members but something needs to happen and how do you a formal deprogramming of the cult members that's some nazi level shit right there right coming from she wants us to believe she's credible the woman who had gaddafi killed who has more friends and associates that have killed themselves suspiciously than anyone i know and is just a pure demon. She's going to send people to, to program camps, right? Listen, it's nonsense. And, and I love how she talks shit about Trump. They were friends. I love how she talks shit about Putin. They did a huge deal with the Russians. Uranium One deal with the Clinton Foundation. Huge. They sold uranium stockpiles to Russia. And then they want to say Trump, they might have control of Trump. It's freaking hilarious. Let's listen to her the, it right here, because this is this is the gaslighting I'm talking about, the hypocrisy, the deflection. It's it's insanity what goes on in, in Washington. Here is the slightly longer for only about 20 seconds, I shouldn't say. But this is the actual cut and a complete thought of Pelosi telling Jen Psaki what the collusion scam is gonna be going forward. Take a look at this. 
He looks like he's going to be a person without dollars either. But the values are what concern us. Yes. Without dollars, because they're trying to bankrupt him, right? That's what she's saying. We're going to take away all his money. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm insider trading. I made $81 million in a three-year span trading stocks. Okay? We're going to go after his money. If that doesn't work, we're going to keep going after him in the courts. The, the dollars. So I don't know what he has on him, but I think it's probably financial. I think it's probably financial, either something financially has on him or something on the come. Well, Nancy Pelosi is not stupid. Okay, she's not. Nancy Pelosi is evil. She's malicious. She's engaged in so much political malfeasance. I could do an entire week of shows on it. Okay, but it would actually, in the end, it would get boring because she's been up to so much no good for so long. Do you think Nancy Pelosi said that by accident? Nancy Pelosi already has the talking point. The media, Jen Psaki, the New York Times and the Washington Post, Philip Bump, uh, Natasha Bertrand, Ken Delaney, and all the hoaxers out there, all the CNN crew, they now have their marching orders, which is tie Donald Trump financially to Putin and claim somehow anything he does or says on Ukraine or anything is going to be Trump trying to make money off it, therefore we shouldn't elect him, and that the Russians don't want him in and sent this fake source over there to make up the story about Hunter Biden. I'm, I'm glad you all flagged it, because when it happens, you're going to be like, good, I'm not wasting my time on this show. What have we been wrong about? Seriously, what have we been wrong about? Yeah, because th that's what they're going to do. They're going to try and tie Trump to Putin, because they know the Ukraine thing is going to fall apart if he gets in there. And that's their cash cow right now for the deep state and the military industrial complex. It's just a fancy money laundering scheme. You know, they had it, it hooked in with FTX too and that got busted. And, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. Amazing. They're going to go after him and there's no ties, right? We already went through the first Russia collusion hoax and they found nothing. And in fact, the evidence, quote unquote, that, that they did have was paid for by Hillary Clinton, who was running against Trump at the time. Very legitimate, right? The Steele dossier, it's all bullshit. Okay, and let's look at more of this deflection because this, this starts to drive me nuts after a while because they always complain that one side does it, but they're doing it all along. And it's okay when they do it. But when the other side does it, it's not okay. It's reprehensible. Let's listen here. Um, all right. So this is... Uh... And this clip's from the Jimmy Dore show. Um, I forgot what the guy's name is that was filling in for him. But these are clips from MSNBC. Uh, Matt Orfala did a short video showing that uh, in spite of the horror that uh, the media universally reacted with when Trump used the term vermin, um, they are not ones to really shy from terms like that. So Fried really? Friedman is not the trailblazer we took him for, apparently. Oh. Trump calls political enemies vermin. Flashback. Washington Post calls Trump vermin. Echoing dictators Hitler and Mussolini. You know, one thing about mass murdering dictators in history, it's that they refer to the people they want to mass murder as vermin, pests, rats. Washington Post refers to all the Republican rats. <laughs> people they want to mass murder. Trump's Republican rats. The USS Trump rats. Trumpkin rats. The Republicans, the rats. Trump rat will tower over Washington. Washington. Here's a pencil sketch of Trump as a rat. Here's a computer render of Trump as a rat. Trump surrogates are rats. Lean rats. Hillary Clinton is rat poison for Donald Trump, the rat. Washington Post is saying your political opponents are vermin. You feckless.
echoing dictators Hitler and Mussolini. The rats are finally eating their young is what's going on here. None of this is subtle. All the Republicans these days are tre treasonous rats. He really does seem to be trying to get them excited about the possibility of cathartic violence. Violence. Mass murdering dictators refer to the people they want to mass murder as vermin, pests, rats, right? Anything to make their followers see those people as mm, something to be exterminated, not someone you might know. Huh, that, that's that's pretty funny. It seems like this is a pretty common tactic that they don't have a problem with when it's not a Republican saying it. Well, you know what the rats are is everybody who's not a Davos man. That's what the great Yuval Harari, who I, I've been, his book's very popular. I love it. And he's talking about how a new useless class is coming. What do you, what are these people useless to any, are you like useless oh, to Oh, yeah, 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 we caught, yeah. Useless we, to mother? Well, who am I useless we, to? We did uh, that in the live show the, yeah. other, the other night. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's just amazing, right? You see that? Now, combine that with what Hillary just said about sending people to be deprogrammed, right? This is no joke, guys. They, they really don't like opposition confrontation all right now let's get to the point where we got to start seeing that the government hates us they hate us and they're just here to siphon from us so you know taxes right we get taxed on everything guys you need a permit for this a permit's just a fancy way of saying tax a license tax so every time you hear those words think tax so let's listen to this. Ever feel like you're being taxed to death and nickel and dime by the government? Well, you are. Accounts receivable tax, airline surcharge tax, airline fuel tax. What else can we pile on? Airport maintenance tax, building permit tax, cigarette tax, corporate income tax, death tax, dog license tax, drive it permit tax, environmental tax, excise taxes, federal income tax, federal unemployment tax, is there any more shit we could pile on? Fishing license tax, food license tax, gasoline tax, gross receipts tax, health tax, hunting license tax, hydro tax. Is it possible? Inheritance tax, interest tax, liquor tax, luxury taxes, marriage license tax, Medicare tax, mortgage tax, personal income tax, property tax, poverty tax, prescription drug tax, provincial income and sales tax, real estate tax, recreational vehicle tax, retail sales tax, service charge tax, school tax, telephone federal tax. Maybe it was a bad time to bring it up. Telephone federal, provincial and local surcharge taxes, telephone minimal usage surcharge tax, vehicle license registration tax, vehicle sales tax, water tax, watercraft registration tax, well permit tax, workers' compensation tax. Yeah, just a few, just to name a few, you know? Tax, on tax, on tax. They just keep milking us for more. And what do we get for it? Less and less. We see less and less of that money coming back to us, and that's what should drive you nuts. That it's not being used for you, your family, your country. It's going elsewhere. Let's listen in here to Jimmy. When Donald Trump was telling people that the CIA and the FBI, there was a deep state, Chuck Schumer says it's really foolish of him to do that. No, that's the leader of the Democratic Party in the Senate saying that the president of the United States should be afraid of the CIA. He said it on fucking camera and everybody was like, Trump's crazy. What? No, Chuck Schumer just told you who runs this goddamn country and the president better watch his ass. 
Republicans. He better not cross the CIA. That's what the leader of the Democratic Party said, who, by the way, he's not a leader. He's a puppet. How does a guy like Chuck Schumer, how does he get to be a leader? Because he's the biggest, him and Mitch McConnell, they're the biggest marks. Wall Street, military industrial complex, health insurance, big pharma, they give them all the money, and then they take that money and they give it to their colleagues so they can go get reelected, and then they have to vote for them as leader, not because they're leaders, but because of the most corrupted pieces of in Congress. And that's why the country's like the way it is right now, because we're run 100% by corruption. 100% by corruption, right? And you want to see how corrupt it gets? I'm not going to play this whole video, but go check out James O'Keefe. And again, here's another one. Guy from the IRS talking about how AI has access to everyone's bank account. And he's laughing about it. Like, this is great. This is a 14-minute video, by the way. I'm only going to play a couple seconds here, and we'll move on. But if you want to go check it out, go check out James O'Keefe. Okay, listen to this. Oh, and by the way, um, uh, never mind, keep going. So AI has access to, like, everybody's bank account? Yes. What? They, they see the amount in your bank account, yes. I can't. Is it constitutional to do that? I doubt it. <laughs> they are assholes. Really? They are the definition of an asshole. All of them. They have no problem like going after the small people, you know, putting people in prison, like destroying people's life. They, they really? Have, they have no problem doing that. They said that we were all nice when we started. Now look at us. Like not, they are like robots right now. All of them. I can't wait to give this news to all of my friends. <laughs> yeah, please don't tell them my name. Do you think that you would like have to have like a place? No, not with her. They can only like whoever they want. That's actually it's it's a bit invasive, right? Yeah. yeah, a bit invasive, right? Okay, so you see they're tracking everything and then they want you to go digital which takes out any cash or anything outside the system okay now this is the type of shit right here where these are you know voices talking heads for the establishment let's listen to what she says right here this is insane and but this is what people think now it unites them as christian nationalists not Christians, by the way, because Christian nationalists is very different, mm -hmm. is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what we believe. That's exactly what you should believe. In case you need a little bit of a history refresher, like you didn't pass third grade, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, is literally the beginning of the Declaration of Independence, that document that literally made our country a country. And it also says, just by the way, that that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to securing our God-given unalienable rights, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it. There's nothing radically Christian nationalist about that statement. That is inherently what it means to be an American, that no government can give or take your rights away. That your rights belong to you because they are given to you not by any earthly power, but by God. Yeah. These people want you to believe that the there is earthly power, that they have the power. 
that you are nothing, okay? And this is what this globalist movement is all about. And this piece of shit, Klaus's, you know, butt boy, Yuval Harari here, he explains how they see us. Listen, listen, they're telling you right here. And this is where they want to take us. In the world, many, maybe most legal systems are based on this idea, this belief in human rights. But human rights are just like heaven and like God. It's just a fictional story that we've invented and spread around. <laughs> human rights, he says, are a, just a fictional story that we've invented and spread around. A very nice story. It may be a very attractive story. We want to believe it, but it's just a story. It's just it's a story, he says. It's not reality. It's not a biological reality. Just as jellyfish and woodpeckers and ostriches have no rights, homo sapiens have no rights also. Just as jellyfish, woodpeckers have no rights, homo sapiens also have no rights. I hate to tell you, Mr. Harari, but you've been taking a few too many wieners in the backside. It's starting to affect your brain. Let's go. Take a human, cut him open, look inside. You find their blood and you find the heart and lungs and kidneys, but you don't find there any rights. The only place you find rights is in the fictional stories that humans have invented and spread around. The only place we have rights is in fictional stories. No, I hate to tell you, it's in our Declaration of Independence, asshole. So this is why, fuck these globalists, all of them, okay, all of them. And here, here's his buddy, Klaus, listen to this one, talking about how we won't need elections anymore. No, you don't need your, we won't need your peasant vote anymore. An analytical power, now we go into a predictive power, and we have seen the first examples, and your company very much involved into it. But since the next step could be in, to go into a prescriptive uh, mode, which means um, uh, you you do not even have to have elections anymore because you can already uh, predict what uh, predict, and afterwards you can say why do we need elections? Because we know what the result will be. Why do we need you, peasants? We already know what the results are going to be. All right, now this is where I start to get hot. Because this is where we start talking about our waste of money and the waste of what's going on. Now let's listen up here to the money that we've given to Ukraine so far. The $165 billion we gave to Ukraine. We could have built six border walls to stop illegal immigrants from pouring across our southern border. Mm -hmm. Could have fixed Flint's water system 215 times over. Easily. I like this one. Could have given every homeless vet $2 million. Holy shit. Could have given $50 million to every family impacted by the Maui wildfires. They got $700 each. They think it would take $20 billion to end homelessness in America. $20 billion. We've sent 100 and how much? $165 billion. So we could have ended homelessness eight times over in America. Yeah, it's yeah. outrageous. Okay. We could have ended homelessness eight times over in America. Instead, we had to feed the military industrial complex and, and watch thousands of people get unnecessarily slaughtered. $165 billion, guys. We could have probably, we could have built the wall uh, what, what did they say? We could have 
you know, built the wall, we could have cured homelessness. We could have given money to veterans. We could, ha I mean, we, we could help with our infrastructure, all this shit. We, oh, the Flint water. Yeah, we could have fixed that. All of it and still had money left. But no, we have to feed the war machine. We have to go further in debt. Why, guys? Why? Why the need to take care of everyone else before taking care of ourselves? Up here, 10 or 15 of our Republican colleagues have voted to spend all this money over the years. And when at a time we should be cutting money. Hey, I'm for helping people, but the federal government is not here to take care of every person in this country. We have to take care of the mentally healthy, mentally, mentally unhealthy. We have to take care of our elderly, our veterans. Everybody else needs to go get a job. They need to get off that couch. But we're paying so many people. Maria, we have turned into so much of a socialist country headed to communism. Uh, no free speech. They're taking all of our rights away. Right? Right there. We're heading to socialism. Everybody's living off the teat. No free speech. Right? And, and he made a good point. I mean, look, look at what's going on, guys. There's a housing crisis. There's a homeless crisis. Inflation. Taxes, like we mentioned, on everything. A broken school system. Broken uh, health and medical system. There's mental illness rampant throughout the country. Our food is poisoned. Our skies are poisoned. We, we're censored heavily. And we're under the power of corporatocracy. Now, Nikki Haley has a solution for us, right? One of the Republican candidates for president. What's her solution to this for us people who, um, you know, are supposed to work 40 to 50 years of our life what does she want us to do let's listen in shit's getting weird part infinity in 15 seconds should voters in their 20s plan on having to work until they're 70. they should plan on their retirement age being increased yes we're going to change it to reflect more of what uh, life expectancy should be so they want us to work more excuse work me you die You want people to work until they die? That's basically what you're saying. Yeah. She wants us to adjust working because of life expectancy. Because life expectancy is going up, you should just work more. It's, it's, so, it's so insane, guys. It just shows they don't give a shit about you. They don't care. They just need more feeding into their broken ass criminal system all right now this is what drives me bananas okay because we saw it in 2020 and 2021 and 2022 and 2023 newspeak right this is straight out of 1984 and i noticed it remember it originally happened with vaccine they changed the definition of a vaccine changed it they changed the definition of a recession because these things were happening or the vaccine wasn't a vaccine. We were in a recession and they didn't want us to be in a recession. So they just changed the definitions. So now here's some new words in the dictionary. Greedflation. Okay. 
This is a rise in prices, rents, or the like that is not due to the market pressure or any other factor orga uh, organic to the economy, but is caused by corporate executives or board of directors, property owners, etc., solely to increase profits that are already healthy or excessive. Greedflation. Okay? Uh, uh, a sister to that is shrinkflation. So while they're, they're rising the prices of everything, what are they doing? A decrease over time in quantity or in package size compared to the quantity previously sold at the same price point resulting at a higher cost per unit for the consumer. The price is the same and the box looks the same. But because of shrinkflation, you'll get 10% less cereal when you try to open it up. Okay, it was such, this is such a, a, a big thing right now and I mean, they make a joke of it basically laughing at us because they, they had a Super Bowl commercial with our fearless leader, Mr. Poo Poo Pants himself. Let's listen to what uh, Clueless Joe has to say. And he, this is his Super Bowl message to... The Super Bowl Sunday. If you're anything like me, you like to be surrounded by a snack or two while watching the big game. You know, when buying snacks for the game, you might have noticed one thing. Sports drinks bottles are smaller. A bag of chips has fewer chips they're still charging it just as much. And as an ice cream lover, what makes me the most angry is that ice cream cartons have actually shrunk in size, but not in price. I've had enough of what they call shrinkflation. It's a ripoff. Some companies are trying to pull a fast one by shrinking the products little by little and hoping you won't notice. Give me a break. The American public is tired of being played for suckers. I'm calling on companies to put a stop to this. Let's make sure businesses do the right thing now. And because so many people respect him, I'm sure everybody's just going to, you know, stop screwing the consumer. But no. Okay. And here's two that really scare me. Not, I mean, scare me in the sense that these are new terms that we're supposed to get used to. Energy poverty, a lack of adequate access to safe, affordable sources of electricity or fuel for warmth, light, cooking, etc., the report stated that households living in privately rental homes are more at risk of experiencing energy poverty than those who own their own homes. Why? Why would people become energy impoverished? Because they can't afford it. Because the price of food is so high. Because the price of medicine is so high. Because the price of rent is so high. Insurance. Healthcare. Everything. Fuel. Heating fuel. I mean, Christ. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's insane, guys. And then look at this. Food insecure. Having or characterized by limited or uncertain access to adequate food. I mean, this is just, this is getting bad. If this is where we're heading and these are the words we're supposed to, this is all negative. These are all negative terms. This is all less for more. This is all suffer, pay, corporate greed. Now, on top of that, they're giving us this bullshit food pyramid. They're lying, okay? And I'm sick of the liars. Let's listen here to this breakdown. You see the food pyramid that just came out? Joe Rogan posted? Re yes. It's mind-numbing. I couldn't even believe that was that was real. Lucky Charms. They said Lucky Charms was better than steak. Lucky Charms was better than steak. There are 11 different food dyes before you get to the 
grains sprayed with folic acid and the sugar and the grains, which are terrible for you anyway. Hold on, though, but why is it allowed? It's allowed because, you know, big farm and the food industry is in the back pocket of the government. Right? How in the hell, in what world are Lucky Charms, which is processed cereal, sprayed, coated in sugar, healthier than steak? Come on, guys. And we're supposed to trust science when this is the kind of bullshit they're feeding to us? Come on. When do we push back? When do we say enough's enough? Do we have to wait for this? When these fucking robots come and start spraying the pesticides because people don't won't do it anymore? People refuse? Robots won't say no? Look at this apocalyptic shit. This doomsday nonsense. These four-legged fuckers just spraying vegetation. Crop dusting. Look at this. Tell me this isn't Orwellian. Machines are just spraying these crops. Somebody goes, honestly, I'd rather it be machines than people. How about we don't spray the crops at all? How about that? And we know these people are liars, okay? And and I'm not gonna and that's why I, I picked minimal clips from the uh the woo flu to talk about in this because we know they lied but now we got to call them out and we got to hold them accountable let's listen in how safe and effective the covid vaccines were commissioners of the national citizens inquiry have just released an interim report according to the government's own documentation the covid19 injections known as vaccines were never proven safe or effective. They were approved through a new process called an interim order. You can go and find this evidence for yourself at our website, download the commissioner's report, please share it far and wide. Neither safe nor effective. For the National Citizens Inquiry, I'm Michelle LeDuc-Catlin. Neither safe nor effective and very harmful. Mortality rates are, are skyrocketing. They're so much higher than they should be. But nobody wants to connect the two. Nobody in the corporate press, because that's going to mean a hit to the purse strings, right? So now, let's take a look at why are we falling apart because of this. What did, what did um, Paul Harvey say? Going to deify science. Right? We couldn't question Fauci because he was science. You're supposed to be able to question science. In this upside-down, inverted world that we're in, we're not allowed to question science. We're supposed to take it like it's a religion. Listen. There's an over a 20 to 1 return. If you had put that money into an S&P 500 and reinvested the dividends, you'd come up with something like $17 billion, but you think it's $200 billion. Here, yeah. You're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have it. These vaccinations. These vaccines are highly, highly effective. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. They're These people all knew this when they were saying this, by the way. This isn't like they, they, you know, they had some bad information that they were being given. They knew they were lying. 
and they knew people were going to get hurt and they continued to lie and made billions of dollars in the process. It was the greatest transfer of wealth in human history, upwards. Why? Over a virus. Whoever thought America would collapse because of a virus? No invader, and it wasn't even very bad. It was the flu, for fuck's sake. Really, really good against variants. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission. Uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. Get your first shot, and when you're due for your second, get your second shot. Our key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost Natural no, almost no than any shot. Uh, infection going on whatsoever. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. If you're... They can feel safe they're not going to get infected, but that's not the reality of it. They can feel safe, and that's what this was all about. It was about feeling they wanted you to feel things, not think. Don't think. We want you to feel. And that's what this is boiling down to. Thoughts versus feelings. Vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized. You're Why? not going to be in an ICU unit. Why? And you're not going to die. If you Why? are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities, large or small, without wearing a mask or physical distancing. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. You know, we didn't have vaccines that block transmission. So now we have two vaccines that are really quite effective. The mRNA vaccine, highly effective, nope. extraordinarily efficacious, 94 to 95% for mild to moderate disease and virtually 100% efficacious because the real world effectiveness is even more impressive than the results of the clinical trial. Come on, man. 
Come on, man, right? Trust science. Trust the science. And here is our leading scientist, a man who has never studied science in his life. Okay? He just has a lot of money, and he likes to hang out with scientists. So he thinks he's a scientist. Let's listen to his logic right here. This is brilliant. I don't plant trees. Uh. A lot, there's a lot of people who are very enamored with trees. We've got trees on this stage. Some people would even say that if you just planted enough trees, it could take care of the climate issue altogether. And that's complete nonsense. Okay. Why? <laughs> I mean, are we the science people or are we the idiots? I, which one do we want to be? Uh, You've been proven to be the idiots. <laughs> we don't need trees, according to Bill Gates. That's science. What a... Just a moron. I mean, come on. All right, let's take one more from our buddy. This is science, okay? From our boy Yuval Harari. Trust science, guys. As you surf the internet, as you watch videos or check your social feed, the algorithms will be monitoring. The algorithm tracks your eye movements, your blood pressure, your brain activity, and tells you who you are. Now imagine the situation in 10 or 20 years, when an algorithm can tell any teenager exactly where he or she is on the gay-straight spectrum. I think that, uh, you know, it's more or less what? because... What? what did he just say? ...can tell any teenager exactly where he or she is on the gay-straight spectrum. What the fuck just happened? Shut it off. No, shut it off. Get the fuck out of here, Daryl. I am Marshall's publicist, and I'm telling you to pull the fucking plug right now. This is gold. I am not cutting this interview off. This is the best interview we've ever done. People should not be afraid of their governments. You hear that guy? Are you kidding me? Okay. Now, this is where I'm going to get a little bit heated, because we're going to talk about the border and border security, right? And the nonsense that's going on there. And this is a direct invasion of our country. Okay? This is an intentional invasion. This is being orchestrated by the likes of George Soros and a lot of NGOs that are facilitating this and financing this and, and setting up assistance to make this happen. So this whole border security, could Biden could do something about it. He he enacted 94 executive orders to undo what Trump had done for immigration. So it's possible. They just don't want to do it. And now they're playing this whole, again, deflection game. Woe is me. I wish I could do something, but my hands are tied. Bullshit. All right. And listen to these two-faced pieces of shit talk like Chuck Schumer. One of the biggest puppets out there has so much... Industri military industrial complex, corporate dick in his backside that it's just unbearable to listen to. So let's listen to good old Chuck on border security and hear how he flip-flops from the past, his past views. Construction of a 630-mile border fence that create a significant barrier to illegal immigration on our southern land border. You don't just need fencing. You need drones, you need helicopters. Number one, we are for strong border security. There is no excuse for hurting millions of Americans over a policy difference. We must do as much 
as we can to gain control of our borders as soon as possible. And we are for strong border security. We've made numerous proposals. Make no mistake, Democrats and the President both want stronger border security. The vast majority of immigrants are hardworking people who just want to make a better life. And want to get do, do as much as we can to uh, make immigrants welcome in America. We're short of workers. We have a population that is not reproducing it on its own. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers, and all of them, because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers, but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. And and what's interesting is you notice him there at that big Chinese gala in New York City. I, I tell you guys, go listen to Andrew's. You know, it's a it's a short one. It's only about 30 minutes. It's fantastic. China's coming. He's like, there's a reason why these Chinese nationals are coming over here, Chinese men. Okay? And it, it doesn't sound good. All right, now let's look. What's going on? Could the taxpayer dollars at this border assist child trafficking into sex rings and sweatshops? According to Dr. Phil, that's what's going on right now prime time and for an upcoming episode my understanding is that you went to the southern border now you're saying that you're going to give people facts what did you take away from that experience and what kind of reporting are you going to be bringing back from that experience i'll tell you a fact i took away i talked to the head of all the border guards down there the, the head of the union i asked him straight up kids are coming over the border with numbers written on them phone numbers and addresses mm -hmm. do we check those out he said well we call them is it possible that we're sending them into known prostitution rings or sweatshops? He said, it's not possible, it is absolute. We are using American tax dollars to ship children into known prostitution All and sweatshops. Some children. Well, who knows? Okay. We don't know. I said, are you? So, what kind of checking do they do? So, they, they call said, the number uh -huh, and, and say, "Do you know about this child?" They say, "Yes." Will you receive them when they come? Yes. I said, "Is it possible that that's a prostitution ring?" He said, "We ha we know enough to know that it, in a number of cases, it has turned out to be absolute." sex ring. It has turned out to be an absolute sweatshop. I said, how is this possible? Well, what do they and he do said, then? it is happening. What do they do then if they know that that's happening? Where is the U.S. Attorney's Office? Where is the... Here's the Damn here's good the question. You have, to, you have to re-ask that question when we come okay. back. So yeah, she's going to skip and go off track. But yeah, hey, it is absolute, they said. Absolute that children are being trafficked into sex rings and sweatshops from this. And then you just heard Chuck Schumer over here saying that these are good people coming in. No, not these people. People who come in, Im immigrants that come into this country to assimilate with the culture, those are the good, hardworking people. A lot of the people coming in right now do have zero intention of ass assimilating into our culture. They have been told that there is something here for them and that they are entitled to stuff when they get here. And that's what's happening. They're being given accommodations. They're being housing, food. What about our people? 
All right, now let's look at some of the people that were coming in. Now, Trump was a racist for saying this in 2016. Look at it now. Look how this aged. They're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. Abington police believe South American theft groups have been committing these burglaries in Meadowbrook since 2021. We told you this week about these costly break-ins all over Oakland County. Now we can tell you a little bit more about who is wanted for them. Gang members, organized gang members out of South America. South American gangs are burglarizing neighborhoods across the state from San Diego to San Mateo County. As many as four migrants are now facing criminal charges. They're accused of threatening, even hitting Chicago police officers in the last two days. Several migrants suspected in an attack on two NYPD officers near Times Square were reportedly picked up by ICE agents in Arizona. This is we're learning now two of the suspects are tied to a Venezuelan gang. Police there in the state have arrested a Venezuelan migrant for the murder of a university college student. Uh, he was previously arrested here here in New York, raising concerns about why he was set free. A migrant robbery ring plaguing New York with suspects getting away on scooters. Police identified the gunman as 15-year-old Jose Figueroa, a migrant from Venezuela. There you have it, right? And we see the big case right now about the Georgia college student who was killed, again, by an illegal migrant. Okay. Now, one of the things that's, um, and I'm, I'm, going to really skip over this because I don't really want to get into it too much, but I want to get back to this border thing. And let's put it into perspective here, right? We're looking at our country and we, we just talked earlier about the 165 to 170 billion that we've given to um, Ukraine or they want to give to Ukraine. The recent spending bill, okay, that is, uh, they're trying to pass. It's a $118 billion bill. And this is a border security bill. Guess how much of it goes to border security? $20 billion. One-sixth of it goes to the actual problem. Now, $60 billion of that would go to Ukraine. $60 billion to Ukraine for a lost cause. 14 billion to Israel to help them and supply their war machine. 9.2 in humanitarian aid to Gaza and the Palestinians. 8 billion to counter China. So if you take Gaza, China, and Israel, that's 31 billion to Gaza. Okay, let's just look at Israel. To Israel and Gaza, we are willing to, to throw $23.2 billion to them, but only $20 billion to our border. Does that tell you where the priorities are? $60 billion, three times what we are asking for or what we would get in funds for this country, go away. So if you look at it, out of 118 billion, so we have 60, that's 74, that's 82, 
that's 93.2 of the 118 goes to Israel, Ukraine, Gaza, and to fight China. Guys, I mean, come on. Come on. $8 billion to support the Ukrainian government. How about we pull the plug on that? Enough's enough. Okay? And I don't really want to get into the genocide in Gaza. We, we've gotten into that a bit. and But <laughs> Yitzhak Brick, retired Israel military general, all our missiles, ammunition, and aircraft are from the United States. We cannot fight this war without the United States, even for a period. That stands for Israel. That stands for Ukraine. These stupid conflicts would be over, done with, would have to be dealt with politically, humanely, hopefully, more humanely than they are, if the U.S. wasn't intervening. Does that tell you what, what all you need to know right there? It should. All right, now we're going to get into the insanity. Right, This is the upside-down world. This is where we look at how crazy things are right now. We have Lockheed Martin taking part in a pride march. The military-industrial complex siding with the gays. We, we have the gentleman, it's ma'am. Love that one. We have vaccines are safe and effective, right? Black Lives Matter. That was a big one. We got chemtrails. We got the uh, the never miss a photo moment of all those democratic cucks taking a knee with an African wrap around their neck. That it's just stupid shit. We have the uh, green energy scam alert. Okay, we have the communist fist used by the Black Lives Matter folks. Then we have a book over here: Boys Period. Do men menstruate we have a trans kids matter right with a guy with a mask on next to two young women i believe i, don't, I mean they are what they are and one of them's holding a my body my choice sign and i guarantee that same girl with the my body my choice sign was screaming at people that they must get vaccinated because it wasn't their body their choice it was what the government said and the biggest crock of shit of all is supporting ukraine supporting nazis real nazis right look right here guys the azov battalion real life nazis that's who we're supporting in ukraine The whole thing's a scam. There's 12 CIA bases in Ukraine. Why? Why do you think we're putting so much money into that? Why were there biolabs in Ukraine? This has nothing to do with democracy because Ukraine is the furthest thing from a democracy, if you want to talk about that. There have been no elections since Mini Vlad took over. There's no free press. And in fact, I guarantee you, a lot of you don't even know that a U.S. journalist was murdered by Ukrainian, the Ukrainian government. Gonzalo Lira, look him up. Murdered. 
a United States journalist murdered in Ukraine for his views on the war. They have actual Nazis, guys. And, and you know, they always say, you know, uh, Russia started this. No, NATO started this. Enough of that shit. And, and these Nazis, I hate to tell you, they were bombing the Russian territories for years, killing thousands of civilians, indiscriminately bombing, because they wanted these people gone. These are scum. And 170 billion of our dollars could go there. Just... It, that's that's what makes my blood boil. This whole Ukraine scam, all the money we waste, all this nonsense, all these isms, right? Like the guy in one of the first videos talks about, it's all the work of the deception. And this is what we're going to get into here with the insanity, okay? So right here, let's take this. First off, we have uh, Rachel Levine, who is a decorated U.S. Navy, whatever she is, used to be a he, he, it is going to talk to us about racism and the big problem about racism because we need the Navy to tell us about racism. Why is this piece of shit telling us about racism? Why? This man that thinks he's a woman with obvious mental illness, why? Why? Listen to this. This is, in, this is the world we live in. Hello. I'm Admiral Rachel Levine. It's like a this Black History it. Month, I'm pleased to partner with OMH in advancing better health through better understanding for black communities. Climate change is having a disproportionate effect on the physical and mental health of black communities. Climate change is having a disproportionate effect on the physical and mental health of black communities. Climate change is racist, according to Rachel Levine. How about this one? Black Americans are more likely than white Americans to live in areas and housing that increase their susceptibility to climate-related health issues. And 65% of black Americans report feeling anxious about climate change's impact. Through our Office of Climate Change and Health Equity and the Office of Environmental Justice, we're working with providers and community leaders to identify innovative approaches that empower communities to address the health consequences linked to climate change. Visit hhs.gov for more information and tune in next Thursday to hear from another HHS leader. No, we're not going to do that. But what we are going to do is listen to this gentleman right here talk about the reality of gun violence versus what we're told on television and, and what has been implanted into our heads. Let's listen to this. When you ask very liberal Americans, how many unarmed black people do you think are shot by the cops every year? The answer they gave in 2019 was 1,000. The real number from that year was 12. So this social media... Hold on. 12. 12. 12 unarmed black men were shot by cops in 2019. 12. Not 1,000. Okay? That's... One per month. Not saying that that's great. I'd, I'd love that number to be zero. But one per month. How many unarmed white men are shot by cops? I'd love to see that number too. Algorithmically boosted right. content. Has, has, it's not educating us. It's miseducating us. It's miseducating us, right? 
it, this algorithm, the algorithms are, and, and this is what people, they're pushing forward the message they want. Not necessarily what? Now this isn't, this here's another thing, okay? Remember the shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs parade, right? And Coulter's got a little about that. If you know, you know. And it's getting harder not to notice the little things everywhere when it comes to generic image searches which pertain to white western countries. Here is an image of an Australian woman. Here is an image of an American woman. Here is an image of a German woman. Here is an image of a British woman. Generate images of people born in Scotland in the year 1820. Oh. While people of colour are very much noticed, there's a strange hesitancy to notice them in other contexts. I mean, we don't know who did this shooting, by the way. The, the, the Super Bowl shooting. We have we, some idea. What? If it were a white man shooting, we'd know. Well, we don't know. But they... Look at the smile on Van Jones's face. He's like, I can't believe she's actually saying this. Because it's true. If it was a white guy... It, their face would have been plastered all over. But because it was two black guys, it doesn't help push their narrative. They just swept it under the rug. And they said they couldn't release their names and ID identities, which is bullshit. I mean, they That's how we know it's not a white man, I can tell you that much. Within 24 hours, she was proven correct. But see, the media can't name the suspects because they're juveniles. Unless they're called Kyle Rittenhouse, then apparently they can. Or if they're some teenager wearing a MAGA hat or some nine-year-old child that needs to be publicly shamed, then it's fine. Only if they're white, though, obviously. Right? And I'm not into the whole racialist thing, but it's just gotten so ridiculous. All right, and this is what I was talking about with Chuck Schumer the other day. Left-wing Democrat, communists, march in Brooklyn, demanding a revolution. Okay? There's only one solution! There's only one solution! Communist revolution! Communist revolution! There's only one solution! There's only one solution! Communist revolution! Communist revolution! Okay, we get it. Now, this one right here, I'm, I'm only going to play a little bit of it, but this is, again, this is, I'm, guys, I'm showing what's going on in our country. We have just this messed up upside down. And this is what we're putting into females' heads these days. This is what feminism has done to women. This is what our system has done to young women and, and their mindset. Listen to this. It's so sad. I'm so bad, but my boyfriend just wants a monogamous relationship. It's 2024. Expecting to be with one person for your entire life is like unreasonable. I'm a young 18-year-old Latina. I'm trying to get my face blasted by multiple men. Okay, that actually is like the most- I'm trying to get my face blasted by multiple men. I mean, guys, that doesn't break your heart. That young, beautiful girl, that's all she cares about. That's what our society has taught to our young women, the future mothers of our children. It's, it's bad. And then you have this. You have crazy mares. Like this one in Illinois, okay? This woman is a certifiable nut, okay? And she makes $110,000 a year. Oh, no, that's a different one. Sorry. This woman is embezzling money right and left. She's going to get busted. You're going to see her eventually. But listen, watch this insanity. This is what going, this is, this is the mayor. Mayor. Nobody knows something. Don't know nobody knows nothing. 
Here she is starting a Dalton Village board meeting dressed like the Wesley Snipes character in the movie New Jack City. Later, punctuating her political points with the help of her own DJ. Every single resident, pay me what you owe me. Thank you, DJ. This is a freedom of information request we did to see how much overtime these officers are making on her security detail. Oh, wow. 162 hours. 162. Oh, that's nothing. And in the case of Officer Terry Young last May, 303 hours worked over a two-week period. That resulted in a single paycheck of more than $13,000. How? How does a person put in a two-week pay period, 303 hours? That's impossible. That's there's, impossible. There's 336 Does he never go to sleep? Right? You see this? This is what's going on, guys. This is what this crazy mind virus has brought us to. All right? Now, let's look at this. This is a, 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 this is a trans senator who flips out when the lieutenant governor calls him sir. <laughs> the senator may state it. Madam President, how many votes will be would it take uh, to pass this bill with the emergency clause? That would be four fifths, Senator. And what would be the exact number for that, uh, Madam President? Yes, sir. That would be thirty-two. Yes, sir. That would be thirty-two. And he's. I am not here to out. upset anyone. <laughs> I am here to do the job that the people of Virginia have called me to do and that is to treat everyone with respect and dignity i myself have at times not been afforded that same respect and dignity but in this body and as long as i am president of the senate and by the grace of god i will be treated with respect and dignity and i will treat everyone else with respect and dignity. Yeah, it's, it's again, these emotions, right? It's just nonsense. You hurt my feelings. You call me sir. Well, look at you, man. I mean, come on. It doesn't matter. You can put lipstick on a pig. It's still a pig. You have an Adam's apple the size of a golf ball. Come on. All right, and this one, it, more insanity. This is Planned Parenthood saying that virginity isn't real guys this is this is what we're dealing with this is why america is just falling apart this is the kind of shit that's out there in our leadership i use that term loosely virginity is a completely made-up concept it's a term that was created simply to control and shame people mainly women wait what mm. a virgin is someone who's never had sex but it's not as simple as it seems. Medically, virginity isn't a real thing. People place a lot of importance on the hymen. Having penis and vagina sex is not the only way a hymen can stretch open. It can happen by putting something in your vagina like a tampon or a finger, riding a bike, or doing sports. So, you can't so just to be clear, Planned Parenthood is now saying riding a bike and putting a tampon in on your period can cause the exact same bodily response in you as heterosexual sex. There is essentially no medical differentiation between riding a freaking bike and using a tampon and having sex. There is also a double standard on who carries the burden of virginity. Society puts pressure on men for not having sex at the exact same time they shame women for having it. Make it make sense. Make it 
it makes sense, Planned Parenthood lady. It doesn't matter what your genitalia situation is or your chromosomes. If you've never had sex, you are a virgin, man or woman. I thought, I guess not. The idea of virginity is complete nonsense. Complete nonsense coming from a morbidly obese woman who's probably never seen her lady bits in her life. Come on. This is just nonsense, guys. This is all just nonsense. And this is what happens in a falling society. All right, next clip. Let's listen. Did you know that German high school students learn about U.S. propaganda in their English courses in high school? Recently, a follower asked to send me a textbook that they used in German 11th to 13th grade English courses to study U.S. propaganda. So like in the United States, where we study German World War II propaganda, in Germany, they're studying current U.S. propaganda. They cover everything from U.S. exceptionalism to the American dream, and they show German students how U.S. citizens have been led to have a lack of self-critical awareness to how their ideals have failed. I didn't want to believe it at first, but if you Google the name of the textbook and the word Arbitur, which is the final stage of German high school, it returns all kinds of study guides and notes. And what really shook me is that on one of these study guides, it says, the U.S. has become a wasteful consumer society of lonely individuals. So if you've ever wondered how some people outside of the U.S. view the U.S. Bingo. And they're right. It's a bunch of lonely, useless consumers. And a lot of people with mental illness. All right. And we're going to look at a couple right here. Look at this. This is the first one. Listen to this insanity. Okay. And this is on television too. Mind you. This is what's being put out there. And I've saved the worst for last. Here is a trans activist desperate to get a uterus transplant. Not because they want to give birth, but because they want to get an abortion. Trans woman to have a successful uterus transplant. Ovaries and eggs included. And I want to be the first trans woman to have an abortion. All right, Howard Wallowitz. He's straight out of the Big Bang Theory right there. I mean, guys, this is just idiocracy. And this just even furthers it. This is where we, you know, we're supposed to pay attention to fear and not worry about logic. This tells you society is doomed. Think about your hat and the way it makes people feel because it incites fear in all those around us. Every person is afraid of that hat. I am afraid of that hat. Keep America great. She's afraid of a hat that says, make America great again. She's afraid of it. Mental illness. For so many people, that's racism. That's because of the mainstream media's narrative that's painted Donald Trump as a racist. I don't agree. With the, I don't agree with the narrative. I'm out here to try to share that my that that narrative is skewed. As a human being, you should pay attention to fear and not logic. Wait, wait. You said pay attention to fear and not logic. Yes. I should pay attention to emotions and not facts. Yes. Why would I pay attention to emotions when facts are facts? No, emotions are real. Emotions no, is one removed from spirit. I find that it is hard to trust others. You shouldn't trust the mainstream media. You should like start listening and looking at it. Do you suggest that is saying don't trust knowledge operate in darkness no go look up facts go look up like actual statistics and facts look up few research emotion is real but emotion emotion is real okay if we start basing everything off emotion and that's where a lot of this is going we are doomed doomed all right, let's wrap it up here. We got two more videos. The same people who told us to follow the science during you know what? They don't even consider the science anymore. It's interesting they choose words like uh, gender affirming care 
you know, that's, that's interesting that they call it that, but really what they're talking about is hormonal therapy or sex reassignment surgery on children. And in fairness, the American Medical Association, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Endocrine Society, or whatever the exact name of that is, all of the major medical associations have signed off on this, Joe. They've signed off on it. And I have never seen those organizations sign off on anything with less information as to whether or not it does long-term harm of anything in my life. And when I, when I ask about that, when I bring that up, then they immediately label you as transphobic. Listen, if you can't see already that we're in a battle of good and evil, I, I don't know what else to tell you. Because that is the only explanation, and it actually has more logic in it than any of this stuff that these doctors and these associations are pushing. Guys, that is the based mother on Instagram. I've, I've used a couple of her videos in here and she does great work over there. I just recently found her page and uh, yeah, so the based mother over there. And this is, I think this might be part of the same clip, but there's a little they bit. They say there's no social contagion here. Yeah. But Okay, this is different. This is about the social contagion. All right, listen to this. This is what our society is battling right the now. The girls that are claiming to be transgender, that percentage has gone up 800%, 1,000% over the last several years. And they say, well, that's because they feel more comfortable talking about it now. Is that true or is it because you read about it, you see it on social media and you think, well, I can distinguish myself in this way. I think there is a social contagion effect. So people jump on the bandwagon and if it's for a short period of time, but they've done things that can't be reversed, I think that's really tragic. Yeah, it can't be reversed, guys. We're talking about kids, kids that can't get tattoos, kids that can't make decisions right? They can't vote, but we're going to give them the power to, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just think it's, it's a little crazy, but what do I know? Hey, this, this is insanity right here, guys. Okay. This video right here is them destroying a garden. This is what they are destroying, a garden that we use to feed ourselves that we use to feed the community, that we use to come together as a community. Dozens of And people. they are just ripping out plants that grow vegetables and fruit and herbs for us all spring and summer and feed an entire community here. A garden that they implied that we could have a discussion about, a town hall, a garden that hundreds of residents and businesses support being here. And they're just destroying all of those plants no, and all not. of that food. It's just nonsense to put turf in. Plants and food. This is where, I mean, guys, this is the idi idiocracy of it all. You got to start seeing it. All right, I'm going to give you one more. This is Gemini AI, okay? This is AI saying that men can menstruate. Who can menstruate? Again, from Isabella Brown. It has to Brown. think for a very long time. Menstruation, the shedding of the uterine lining each month, is primarily associated with people who have a uterus and ovaries. This typically includes cisgender women, transgender men, or non-binary individuals. It's important to note that not all individuals who fall under these categories 
will menstruate. It's also important to remember that menstruation is not solely a defining characteristic of any gender identity. So I'm sorry, Google Gemini. I just, I have a question, follow up here. If you're saying typically the people who have a uterus and ovaries will menstruate, and that's primarily, but not exclusively associated with people who have a uterus and ovaries, should we be alarming an entire generation of young men and little boys that they're going to be growing up to get their period that they might not typically but could menstruate in their adolescence and adulthood i feel so terribly for parents of generation alpha and everyone else to come who have to actually sit their children down and explain that their little boy is not going to get his period when he grows up and trust me he doesn't he doesn't want to but how unbelievably ridiculous that the world's largest search engine through their new ai program will tell you that basically anyone can and will get their period yep nonsense okay uh right over here is aoc talking about how rent's out of control uh, i did that in in the whole episode that we talked about um the you know housing crisis so go check that out um guys and that's that's gonna be it for this show um i hope you enjoyed it um found the clips interesting it's one of those where i hate doing these kind of shows where it's that kind of gloomy doomy darkness shit but guys look around you this thing is coming to an end it's it's and it's not unintentional there are factors at play to make this happen and you know it seems like it's a controlled demolition it looks like the sunset of the American empire. And like I said before, we're going to talk about um, the, this book, the rulers of evil by F Tupper saucy and go back to the origins of our country and the roots of our country and maybe why it was created, who the creators were, what the purpose of it was. And who still has their claws in it today? Who could be orchestrating the destruction, right? You hear bankers, you hear Freemasons, you hear the 13 families, you hear all these names, the World Economic Forum, WHO, UN. Uh, Mr. Tupper Saucy has a different opinion, and it's going to be a very very interesting show guys uh i just want to take a second um if you want to support the show go to patreon.com slash a great deception podcast um i got three tiers out there i i have a lot of videos and i'm going to be adding more um outside of mine like documentaries and things from other people that i really like that i know you guys will enjoy um and then i have a lot of old books over 70 old books out there and i keep adding stuff as um i gather them so that's a little bonus you get on the patreon side you also get all the monday night master debater video uh that's the only place to get the monday night master debaters on video is through my patreon um so go over there sign up support the show i really appreciate it especially now that google just messed with our ads revenue and uh all that fun stuff so they really screwed monetizing shows and things like that so to keep this thing afloat and make it worthwhile, I'm 
got to find alternative sources uh, to cover the cost of this show because it's also not free to do all this stuff. So uh, any way you can help, it's greatly appreciated. If you can't donate monetarily, again, it's as simple as leaving a review. Go to Apple, go to Google, leave the stars, five-star review, leave a little quick write-up. I greatly appreciate those. There is also Great Deception Podcast merch. Um, link is in the in the show notes. Uh, I got t-shirts, sweatshirts, you name it. We got all sorts of stuff. Monday Night Masturbators, Great Deception, um, some cool gear out there. So go check that out as well. Um, and we will be back with Monday Night Master Debaters. And uh, I look forward to getting into the rulers of evil with you guys. But, you know, I know this stuff is dark. I know it's it's not fun to listen to, but you have to know what's going on. You know, you have to, you can't just bury your head in the sand and act like everything's fine. But at the same time, you have to live your life and make the best of what's around you, right? I'm doing that, trying to do that with my son. I'm still, you know, despite all the chaos going all around, I'm trying to create as much of a bubble around him and and enjoy life while we can, you know, because things might get ugly. And uh, it's going to take community to keep this thing together. And it, I, I'm hoping it doesn't get as bad as some people say it will. I don't think it will get that bad. But I think things are going to get a little little bumpy here, especially the rest of this year leading into this election. You know, we could be looking at another summer of love coming up. Um, you know, they keep throwing out cyber. They throw out terrorism. They throw out hacking. You know, we saw the cell phones go down the other day. I mean, there's going to be some shenanigans going on. So make sure you're prepared a little bit. Make sure you, you know, have a little backup plan, things like that. Um and just be aware. That's the biggest thing. You don't you don't have to make all these tremendous preparations. If shit hits the fan, it hits the fan, you know. And and those that do have all all the preparations, I mean, great. But you better have the ammo to back it up too. Cause there's gonna be, you know, marauding little troops. That's why I say community, get out of the cities, get into the country where you can help yourself more. You're away from the nonsense. And uh, just do what you got to do. But guys, it's it, it's not good. <laughs> I'll put it to you that way. This is the, the, we're hearing the bells toll for this American empire. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So with that said, I'm going to get out of here. Everyone stay strong and question everything. Good evening. Restructuring of Canadian mayors and municipalities under the auspices of the United Nations began in 1992. PM Mulroney signed Canada onto UN Agenda 21. Canada thus became a UN member nation state. 178 countries signed on, lured by the promise of big money to go green. By 2000, countries including Canada were being governed by directions of the UN, G7, G20, World Economic Forum and World Health Organization to name some. Every organization named is a foreign-based NGO, non-governmental organization, and every member of all these organizations is unelected. Parliamentary procedures for law changes weren't followed. In 1994, a municipal primer was issued to all local towns outlining how they were to restructure their governments. Though the municipal primer was a non-binding agreement, all towns adopted it. Our public officials, 
The mayor and councillors of that day were partnered with a private corporation, the Corporation of the Town of Aurora, who appointed a chief administrative officer who helped implement the global agenda instead of a local one. The International Council on Local and Environmental Issues, ICLEI, became the main source of consultation to push and fund the global agenda. We remind you that the World Economic Forum and the United Nations signed a strategic partnership framework in 2019 to jointly accelerate the implementation of the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. This is the same World Economic Forum whose chairman Klaus Schwab famously declared, you will own nothing and be happy. This is the same Klaus Schwab who, referring to Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, boasted, we have penetrated more than half of his cabinet. We would ask Mayor Maracas and the councillors, why should the citizens of Aurora bow down to the intrusive dictates of an unelected foreign entity? The fact is we should not, and we will not. What, you ask, does any of this have to do with 15-minute smart cities? Absolutely everything. Smart, S for surveillance, M for monitoring, A for analysis, R for reporting, and T for technology. Technology news editor Patrick Wood, 50 years of experience and expertise on technocracy, wrote, The 15-minute city is a cover for data collection bonanza for technocrats who design and operate them. Cities designed for maximum efficiency always reveal technocrat thinking that efficiency itself is the goal. Maximum surveillance allows for maximum control to achieve even more efficiency. At its very root, this mechanistic thinking is anti-human. The 15-minute city narrative seeks to fool you in the guise of saving the planet, keeping you safe, and delivering convenience. It's actually the gateway to digital IDs and CBDC, central bank digital currencies. CBDCs allow bankers and or governments to freeze your bank account because you happen to peacefully and lawfully protest and express your disagreement with government policy. And when remember the truckers' convoy in Ottawa, February 22, when the government of Canada invoked the Emergencies Act and froze the private bank accounts of law-abiding citizens. 15-minute cities are wolves in sheep's clothing. Don't believe the countless stories spewing forth from the 24-7 basis from the elitist captured mainstream media, all claiming to have your best interests at heart. We have been burned too many times. In reality, 24-7 surveillance through the Internet of Things inside your home, 5G and LED streetlights outside, monitoring and tracking and recording everything. Implementation of exclusion zones and geofencing to restrict movement and travel. Ability to control behaviors through military-directed energy technologies. Property and car ownership to be outlawed. Evictions from farms and rural areas to go to gather people into cities. Digital passports being promulgated by the UN, World Economic Forum, and the World Health Organization are in the final stages of planning and implementation. They are tied to social credit score, which is determined by compliance to government directives. These passports control all access and all aspects of life. Digital currency is being implemented to end cash and monitor all your spending. Your digital currency will be turned off or on depending on your compliance score. UBI Universal Basic Income is a state-controlled allowance forcing compliance by restricting access to food, money, services, and education. All of the above will enable climate lockdowns to be implemented easily, arbitrarily, and indefinitely. The real agenda of 15-minute smart cities is to monitor and control everyone and everything. In summary, in the coming days, Council will receive an electronic info packet which will contain the text of this delegation and other items. We, the citizens of Aurora, wish to enter into a meaningful, respectful dialogue with our elected members of Council on this complex, important issue. A key framework of that dialogue is a list of questions posed to Council. Can Council explicitly guarantee that citizens will remain free to travel as is their right under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms? Can Council guarantee not to restrict access to essential services, medical care, bank accounts, government pensions, utilities? 
Most importantly, we the citizens of Aurora need to have the conversation with Council about exiting their non-binding agreement with the private, for-profit entity known as the Corporation of the Town of Aurora. We need to turn back the page to a simpler time when open, transparent municipal government serving its citizens and working in their best interests ruled the day. We are your equal partners on this journey. Thank you. Thank you.